Hello, everyone, and welcome to Devil's Army Cast. This is episode 19. Uh, I am not James. I am Chris. I will actually be hosting this week. Uh, James is unable to, to make it this episode, but we also have Matt joining us uh, for this episode. Don't worry, James. We'll be back in our next episode, but Matt, go ahead and say hi to everyone. How we doing, folks? Yeah, 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 that's right. So we're going to we're gonna have a pretty lengthy episode for you. Um been a while since we kind of got an episode out to you we had some technical difficulties that was the main reason for that um and there has just been a lot that has gone on um we're going to talk about some news around the league it's basically uh you guys are used to us going through the news real quick uh there's just there's too much that it's it's just going to be a segment real quick uh i shouldn't even say real quick it's going to be a segment we're going to go back and forth on some of these topics because a lot of them are pretty big deals uh some of them involve the devils either directly or indirectly um following that we'll give you guys uh our our opinions on the nhl awards kind of who won what we think you know agree disagree um We'll obviously talk about the Stanley Cup Finals that just wrapped up, uh, and then we'll go over uh, some more free agent profiles and uh, a little bit more of what we think the Devils should do this offseason, uh, kind of following up on what we did last episode, but Matt might have some different ideas and opinions, and I can't wait to hear those, as I'm sure all of you can't as well. So, let's get to it. Uh Around the league, basically, news. Um, first off, congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning, who are the Stanley Cup champions. Uh, Victor Hedman receiving the Conn Smythe, winning the series four games to two over the Dallas Stars, who had an incredible run, uh, busted a lot of brackets, including mine. I don't know about you, Matt. <laughs> yeah, it didn't help. Exactly. Yeah. Certainly so, didn't help. Dallas fans love me for most of the playoffs. I was picking against them, and it seemed to work. But uh, I picked against them in the finals again, and unfortunately for Dallas fans, it didn't work out that time. But this is what we've been saying about Dallas for a while. They have the tools to compete. Why are they not getting there? They got as close as you could this year, so there shouldn't be no reason that they're not at least in the running with it next year. So, um, also a quick shout out to former devils, Blake Coleman, sad face and Pat Maroon, uh, both former devils who are part of that cup winning team down there in Tampa, enjoying a nice little boat parade with the cup. Now, besides that, we're going to move into some other NHL news. Um, so, Probably the first thing we'll go over, uh, some of this might be chronological, um, kind of just had to write it as it was going. Patrick Hornquist uh, was traded from Pittsburgh to Florida for uh, Matheson. Um, I will say that following up on it, I read that Hornquist felt blindsided um, because of his no trade clause that he had with Pittsburgh, but he basically waived it because he interpreted it as Pittsburgh didn't want him and he was excited to go join Florida. Um, Matt, what is your opinion on this trade? It's, uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, it, it definitely wasn't really something I saw coming. Florida definitely can use, uh, just the knowledge and the experience of a guy like Hornquist playing out on the wings. Matheson's going to be interesting getting him to fit there in Pittsburgh. I mean, they, they generally tend to to be pretty good at making things work. So it's mm-hmm. hard to, it's hard to question them, but yeah, it, it is something to kind of, kind of wait and see how they work him in to see if it actually makes sense for them. But 
if they were out on Hornquist, at least I will give them the credit of saying, hey, you know, we're going to give you an opportunity. We're going to send you somewhere that is much more interesting. You'll probably get more playing time or better playing time than you would getting stuck here with us. So at least on that, a little tip of the cap to them for, for letting him go go play somewhere he's going to have a better opportunity. Yeah, and I mean, uh, Pittsburgh, we, we know their, their core is set up. At this point, it's pretty much you're finding supporting cast every offseason if you're Jim Rutherford. Um Hornquist, great player, obviously benefited from playing with that core. I'm sure he'll bring some uh, very much needed talent and skill to Florida, hopefully get him back in the playoffs and get him in some serious contention. Um, Florida's not a bad place to be. I know uh, the past couple seasons haven't necessarily gone well for him, but uh, if things can turn around, I think most of their struggles were in net and uh, on the back end on defense. Um Bob could turn it around in one year, go back to being a Vezina candidate, and Florida is in a whole different position than they were this year. So I think that trade will probably work out for both sides. And uh, good for Hornquist. Matheson's uh, probably going to enjoy playing in Pittsburgh. No, so, yeah. he wouldn't. I know. You play with Crosby, Malkin, you got a chance at a cup every year. So next bit of news. Uh, Thomas Grice, we, we've uh, mentioned his name a couple times as a pending unrestricted free agent. Uh, his agent, Ray Picow, uh, Pico, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm butchering that name or not. Uh, his agent told Pierre Lebrun that at this point, uh, he expects Grice to be heading to the market. Uh, he said Grice loves being an Islander and would consider resigning with the team, but based off how things have gone so far, whether it's a lack of communication or whatever it is being off in the, the value of the contract, his agent is fully expecting him to go to free agency. But the Islanders will still be in that group of teams he's interested in playing for. Matt, what is your opinion on Grice? If he's, It sounds like he's 100% going to UFA – Devils do have a need for a backup behind Blackwood. What's your opinion? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's somebody you kick the tires on. I don't know that you necessarily have to go all in on him. Um, mm-hmm. But I I don't see it, obviously, as, as a bad signing. I've always kind of liked him as a player. And again, he's a guy who would come in with a good amount of experience. He is up there in age. I think he's like 35-ish now, yeah. 34, 35. Yeah, he's, he's up ballpark. there. Yeah. Um, so again, he brings just that that little bit of of calmness to the goaltender room, and uh, can definitely help uh, with some of the maturation and everything. But again, it's it like it will be one of those kind of I want to say like a meh kind of signing in in terms of like I'd be fine if it happened, mm-hmm. but I'm not gonna lose sleep if if they don't go too hard for him. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean. Uh- Grice is 34, um, not necessarily at the end of his career yet. He's still got some hockey to play in him. And, I mean, we've seen the past two seasons that, you know, if the Devils had more consistent goaltending, I won't say better because there was definitely spurts of good goaltending from both Schneider and Blackwood. Um, If they could just have that consistently throughout the season, the Devils might be in a different spot than where they are now. Um, Now, obviously, Schneider, I think – I think we as fans are kind of accepting the fact that he's more than likely on his way out. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen this off season or if it'll just be when his contract is up, but it just seems like the play has kind of slid down a little bit. I would love to see Schneider turn it around. I was hoping for it this year. Um, but if the devils are going to move Schneider or buy him out or anything like that, I think Grice would be a solid look as another option to back up Blackwood. 
Um, yeah, I, I think that that is really what it comes down to is their their final decision on Schneider. I mean, like you said, it's it's tough because obviously he's he's an easy person to mm-hmm. root for just from a human being standpoint. Yeah. And and obviously we have seen when we first had him here, he he had a decent amount of success and kind of got screwed over by not having that good of a team. And yeah. now the team's starting to come together and he's losing, you know, so it's mm-hmm. one of those you do always kind of sit and hope that he gets it together. But it's kind of the elephant in the room this offseason. Oh, yeah. The goaltending situation and how you're going to approach it. Um, one thing I will say I would put money on is the Devils more than likely will not draft Askarov, so don't even entertain that idea. <laughs> no, I, and I'm sure there's going to be people that are throwing that out there, and it, it it's one of those where the, the draft capital that would be needed to be spent to have him just doesn't really seem to, to make much sense for where we are as a team right now. Exactly. It would, be, yeah. it would be fun to have him, and I think he is going to become a great pro one day, but it, it just doesn't really seem to be in the cards right now for us. Yeah, uh, for sure. So, Grice, if he's on the market, I could see them entertaining it if they've decided to move on from Schneider. So, next bit of news, uh, going out to the West Coast, uh, San Jose has named Bob Bugner the head coach out there officially. They have removed the interim tag. Um, he took over for Peter DeBoer before DeBoer then got hired in Vegas, which was just a complete 180 my head was still spinning around in circles when that was all said and done because i'm like wait because uh, you know we're watching vegas and san jose almost kill each other the previous years in the playoffs but anyways um i guess san jose was impressed with what bugner did uh with san jose since he took over um i wasn't following too much with what was going on out there i think some players had some decent production under him uh and i guess uh Doug Wilson, the general manager out there, he's he's fine with, you know, seeing what happens with a season under Bugner. Uh, any thoughts on this, Matt? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it's going to be one of those where, at, at least from right now, because it was a situation with the mid-year transition and everything, they're going to just kind of stick with what they have. And it, it isn't something that is all that rare to see when you do have a coaching change, that players kind of tend to kick it up a gear and start playing better during the, the later half of the season or whenever the change happens. Because um, more often than not, too, the players even know that if the coach gets let go during the middle of the season or at, at any point, really, Yes, it has something to do with the coach, but it is also a reflection of the players. So then in their minds, they're thinking, oh, like, I, I got to step it up because the next person out the door might be me. Um, so I, I think just for a little bit of continuity for them to see, hey, was it mm-hmm. them really reacting to him and we're going to be able to go and put together a good season? Or was it just one of those guys playing for their job kind of situations? But it, it makes it a little easier on them not having to worry about sweating out the coaching market or anything as well. You know, they might be waiting and eyeing up someone who's going to be available in the not so distant future as well and just use mm-hmm. this as a as a little bit of a fill in. Yeah, I mean, the, the San Jose is an interesting team because they are similar to the Devils in the facet of uh, unconsistent goaltending. I mean, they, they, they had some of the worst goaltending this entire season and on paper they're they're a well-built roster i mean they got two guys on the defensive end that almost qualify for the norris every year they're in the final running and you still got guys like logan couture out there um they probably wouldn't have moved barkley goudreau if they were going to be in the playoff hunt this year to tampa so it'll be interesting if they can figure out what's going on between the pipes probably do it through free agency um i think you could see a different team next year out there in san jose no, hundred percent. Like you said, they're 
they're definitely a team that on paper and everything, granted the games are played on the ice, not on paper, but mm-hmm. when you look at that roster as a whole and then you look at the production, it doesn't add up. So yeah. I'll be interested to watch them coming next season. Absolutely. Uh, Staying out west, Arizona Coyotes have hired Bill Armstrong as general manager. Uh, And, of course, we're going to find a quote here. He stated that I didn't come here all the way to the desert to get a tan. I came here to win a championship. That is exactly what you want to hear from your general manager. And I hope he is aware of the monumental task that he has in front of him. Um, (laughs) We've we've been over that Arizona – uh, is kind of in the worst position when it comes to the cap and being up against it, and yeah. especially talent-wise, who they have under contract. Do you? It's a serious question. Do you possibly do a second rebuild, which they haven't even ruled out? You know, um, it's going to be interesting. The the Armstrongs are a, a hockey family a little bit. Uh, his brother is actually the general manager in St. Louis. Um, what's your thought on this, Matt? It's going to be interesting. I mean, that's again, that's what you would expect to hear from the GM. You don't really want to hear someone new to the organization come in and say, yeah, you know, I'm prepared to be mediocre for a handful of years. Yep. You, know, you, you want to hear that he's going to come in with a level of passion and excitement for the team. Exactly. And they are definitely in a, a, a heck of a pickle in terms of their cap situation, everything. Um but again, they are an interesting roster to look at in in some aspects of it. They do have some good young forward talent. They they have bits and pieces there of uh, a potentially successful roster. You just mm-hmm. got to find a way to to plug it together, whether that be through wheeling and dealing in some trades to to get some cap space back and get younger. Still, mm-hmm. I, I don't think they have to go full rebuild, but. I could see them doing some things where they offload some some aging contracts just to to get some more space, get younger, and yeah. make like a two three year plan out of it. Yeah, in Arizona, they're they're not in a good position with the draft either. They um they don't have their first this year um because we got it. <laughs> um, they they also are missing more picks from other trades and from the whole combiner. Um, excuse me, them interviewing players like in the juniors the whole punishment for that they lost a lot of draft picks um so they're they're in a mode right now where they're trying to recoup those assets and that's kind of why you keep hearing uh their most valuable player probably uh darcy kemper is on the trade block because that'll help you recoup some of those assets you still have anti ranta out there oh Um, yeah and i mean if you're it, it, they have pieces out there that they can move if they wanted to do a full rebuild. There's a lot of assets. Yeah, I mean they've got Clayton Keller who has a a interesting contract. Um, Oliver Ekman Larson is actually one of the highest paid defensemen in the league. So these are some high contracts. It'll be hard to move them, kind of with everything going on right now. But they have talent that they could recoup their assets if they decide to go full rebuild. It's not necessarily like we were where we didn't really have anything at the pro level. We didn't really have anything in the system. So Arizona, I mean, if you're a fan, all I can say is that you finally have, you know, good stable ownership wants to keep the team there really cares about the team. And you have a general manager who is well-versed in the hockey world, understands the game. Um, Just keep the faith, keep the faith, let them, let them try and work this out. So, on to the next bit of news. Uh, senators are making moves. Uh, they are not going to re-sign Craig Anderson. Uh, 
and they also have placed Bobby Ryan or will place Bobby Ryan on waivers for the purpose of a buyout. So we know the Senators are a team in the midst of a rebuild right now. We've seen some of their young talent. Um, I am surprised, I guess, by both uh, players that are you know, not being brought back, both Anderson and Ryan. Um, I think Ryan showed a lot when he came back from his uh, rehab. He, he He's definitely a guy who's going to get signed. I think that he's going to contribute wherever he goes. Um, Anderson, I'm not too sure if he'll start anywhere. I, I think more than likely someone will approach him for a backup position. Um, but in my opinion, I don't think Ottawa's necessarily in the conversation of competing either right now. So that's right. why it's kind of confusing to me. What's your thoughts on it, Matt? No, I, I kind of agree. I mean, I wasn't terribly caught off guard by the the Bobby Ryan uh, scenario. Mm-hmm. Like you said, he did he did definitely come back and 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 Great show story. some things. And and again, it is one of those like really nice feel good stories and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's going to be interesting to see where he lands and what he's able to do in a full season and see. Again, you don't really want to look at it this way or, or, or view it as potentially that, but he had been very up and down before all that and obviously had a lot of things going on, so that very well was a, a contributing factor yeah, to it all. But I'll be interested to see over the course of a full season whether it was you get on a hot streak and you kind of just ride it and you ride in the momentum and stuff's going your way, or if it is like you've got some things figured out. and Not that you're going to be – Bobby Ryan of, of old and in the prime and, yeah. and stuff like that. But if he'd be a, a serviceable, like third line type of guy for, for a, for a team out there who goes at him. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's only 33, uh, similar position to grace. He's not done with hockey. He's still got some hockey in. Yeah. Him. He's definitely got time. It, it's also going to depend on what his mindset is mm-hmm. and like how he views himself or what kind of role he wants to be. You know, yeah. if he's still, if he's viewing himself as Bobby Ryan of a few years ago, then it may not work out that well because he may go somewhere and have different expectations. But if he goes in with the correct expectations or even too low of expectations and the team says, hey, you know, we're going to give you more than you expected almost, then I think you could really get a lot out of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, I would hope the Devils will at least kick the tires on it. Um not necessarily go all in on Bobby Ryan, but at least have the conversation. Have see, the conversation see, see what yeah. it feels no, like. I, see, if you can, see if you can find a range that makes sense. Um, I mean, he's completed his rehab, and I think that's going to – I think you're going to see a different Bobby Ryan because of it. Um, yeah, I think and, he's going to want to prove some things as well this yeah. season. I mean, he had a lot of stuff in his, his background. I'm not going to go into it. If you're oh, curious, yeah. you can look it up. He went through a lot of stuff. And, uh, yes, he is from Jersey. Um, who, who knows? He may be interested in coming back home. He might not be. You know, um, I think I think we're going to see a different Bobby Ryan wherever he ends up next year, and I am I am on board the Bobby Ryan hype train. I hope he proves whoever's doubting him wrong. So, on to the next topic. Man, I, I told you guys this was going to be a long news <laughs> segment. You guys are used to like quick bang bang bang. Nah, nah, we got a lot of big topics we got to talk about. Um, again, maybe another thing that Devils fans will want the Devils to do is inquire about this man right here. The Jets are serious about trading Patrick Line per Darren Dreger on TSN's insider trading. He said, and I quote, 
absolutely they're serious. The Winnipeg Jets know what their needs are. They need a number two center, and they need to bolster the top four on their blue line. Kevin Dayoff, the general manager there, can't solely rely on free agency. Now, on top of that, there has been uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets, excuse me, the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Carolina Hurricanes have expressed interest, according to Pierre Lebrun from TSN. So, my question to you first, Matt, Patrick Laine, are you interested? Oh, boy, that's a loaded question. Um, from a talent standpoint, it's pretty hard to say you wouldn't want a guy of his caliber on your team. Mm-hmm. The The issue I come across is what it would take to get him here via trade. I agree. Um and and again, he is a, a, a perennial goal scorer and everything, and he can go on these ridiculous runs and just the kind of sniper that would really benefit our team mm-hmm. is something that, that is also an issue with us. We, we already have a lot of issues defensively, mm-hmm. especially from the forward positions, and he's not going to come in and help you on defense at all, really. Yeah. Um, he, he's pretty much an all-or-nothing scorer out there as of right now in his career, at least. Yeah. So... Considering what you'd have to give up, I, I I talk about it, but I I really don't know that I'd be too comfortable pulling the trigger on that. Exactly. No, I I, I agree. Um, I think the main thing that you're looking at here is that if you were to engage with Winnipeg and talks to move Line A, uh, you know what they're looking for. They just lost Truba, uh, Bufflin. Um, guy who went to Vancouver. I'm, I'm drawing a blank on his name, but they lost like most of their decor last off season. Yeah. Um, so that's what they're going to be looking for in return. And the devils are also looking for that. So that kind of doesn't make them a good we match, match when it comes yeah, to a trade. To, yeah. to be making those kind of moves. Um, it is intriguing that line a has one year left on his deal at 6.75. Cause you can make a case if, uh, the devils could make a crazy deal and swindle him away for not too much, you know, if things turn south in the season, that's probably a major piece you're going to see at the trade deadline regardless if he's not on a team that's going to compete. Uh, I think next season, if, even if he's traded somewhere else or if he's on the Jets and they're not competitive, uh, I'm sure he'll be the biggest fish on the uh, free agent deadline – or excuse me, the uh, trade deadline that people are going to go after. So, And Columbus and Carolina are, are supposedly in on him. Those are two teams in the Metro, so who knows? Line A could be coming to the Metro. Uh, just more problems for the Devils to worry about. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting, that's for sure. Um, next up, Montreal Canadiens signed Jeff Petrie to a four-year, $25 million extension. He's going to have an annual cap hit of 6.25 mil. Um, impressive performance by him in the Bubbles playoffs. Um, I think that kind of helps solidify them wanting to lock him up. Um, and I think the bubble kind of showed Montreal – does heavily rely on price. They still have some moves to make, um, but they're they're going for it. I mean, they they got Jake Allen as well from the Blues this off season. I think they're they're loading up. They're not viewing it as like a rebuild situation at all. What's your what's your opinion, Matt? Yeah, I kind of see it the same way. They're they're trying to avoid the rebuild and everything. Um, it's it's a fine signing, I guess. I personally think they overpaid a little bit for him, but. Sometimes you have to do what you got to do, especially when it comes to to getting a defenseman who you're comfortable with. So I can see why they would do it, but I don't mm-hmm. know that I would have given them that much. Yeah. 
No, I understand. And I think, like I said, I think his playoff performance is what kind of helped bump those numbers up a little bit. I think oh, yeah. he had like two or three game-winning goals in the playoffs. So, yeah. you know, it's the same thing. They got Jordan Eberle a nice contract uh, this last offseason when he showed up in the playoffs for the Islanders, even though they got bounced last year. On to the next bit of news. We are not done yet. Uh, the Red Wings are making headlines. The Red Wings have signed Sam Gagne to a one-year extension at 850 k uh, also, they have acquired defenseman Mark Stahl and a 2021 second round draft pick in exchange for future considerations, basically a cap dump. Matt, what is your opinion? Uh, the cap dump makes sense. Mm-hmm. As me. it would for actually, and I'm sure that's something that you'll, you'll probably see more <laughs> of throughout this offseason with yeah. the way the whole cap situation is going to work. And there were a lot of teams that were going to be pretty cap strapped regard like in a regular season, let alone with, with everything that's gone on. So you're going to be seeing a lot of moves like that. Um, And then the Gagne extension, it's pretty close to leadership probably minimum. Yeah. So it's again, again, just, you know, kind of a a sign a, let's keep a veteran around. Mm -hmm. Let's uh, just have a little bit of continuity on the roster. So again, nothing really, nothing really overly exciting there. Yeah. Now, um, these next couple bits of news. Remember, remember this piece about the Red Wings and Mark Stahl, the 2021 second round draft pick, and the, basically the cap, the cap dump. Because we're going to be putting out some dots here, and we might be trying to connect them. So, up next, the Rangers now. They have officially bought out, or will be buying out, Henrik Lundqvist. They are sticking to the fact that they're only carrying two goaltenders next year. It looks like it's going to be Shesterkin and Gorgiev, which, I mean, you can't argue it's a bad tandem. Um, I'm sure Rangers fans don't want to see Lundqvist go out this way, but at the same time, it it makes sense when you have Gorgiev and Shesterkin and the way they're playing. And I think Lundqvist probably has another year or two. I don't think he's going to necessarily be signed as a starter anywhere. Um, probably more of a veteran backup. Um, Matt, what is your opinion? I didn't think as a, I mean, as a devil's fan, someone watching that team from across the river, I, I thought Hank was going to retire like Marty. Well, we're going to cut that. (laughs) I thought, I thought Hank was going to retire with the Rangers. Um, and Marty should have retired with the devils. If you knew where I was going. Yeah. Uh, That blues legend. (laughs) Uh, Anyways. Um, what do you, what do you think about this, Matt? Uh, first they move Mark Stahl and a second round pick for basically a cap dump. Now they're buying out Lundqvist, who they were paying a lot of money to. What are your thoughts so far? Yeah, they're getting rid of the the elderly, so to speak. <laughs> um, again, a couple of moves that really weren't all that surprising. Um, outside of, I guess, the fact that, like you said, you, Rangers fans everything, I'm sure were assuming that Lundqvist would just retire as a Ranger. But yeah. what happens in a lot of these situations of guys who, especially when they reach a legendary status, so to speak, on on a team, the team is going to say, all right, well, we understand that you're done, or at least from our viewpoint, we see you as you're done. Or we're now in a, a situation where we have better options and have to go that way, but we don't want to embarrass you or anything. So mm-hmm. the, the, the player and the team aren't necessarily on the same page. There were the players looking like, hey, I – I maybe have a year or two left and it could very well be the same situation as the Marty was where Lundqvist just kind of says, Hey, like you guys need to move on with these two younger goaltenders. And if I'm still in the organization, I'm still floating around. You're not going to be able to do it because of my, 
persona and my presence and everything. Mm-hmm. So I'll go sign a one-year deal. So I'd be surprised if there's anything more than that at this point, honestly. Yeah. Um, and it, it kind of ends up becoming a mutual parting of ways. And I could very well see it being a, a Marty-type situation where mm-hmm. down the road after he retires or – or however his career comes to an end, yeah, he ends up back with the Rangers organization in some capacity. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it'll, it'll probably be a similar thing to Marty, where he he goes to another team. Um, you know, that's just the natural competitive fire. Um, I know people will love to get under Devils fan skins by mentioning legendary goaltender for the Blues, Martin Brodeur. But at the end of the day, I mean. It, it, these are all competitors. All these athletes are competitors. Marty didn't believe, you know, he was done and he, he went and he did what he could. Um, I think Longfist probably has a little bit more gas in the tank right now compared to Marty in that situation. Um, there's no doubt whatever team he goes to is definitely going to be a contender. Cause at this point, you know, the, the, the two biggest motivations I think for players in the league is to win the Stanley cup and then, if they can play with one organization their entire career, there's not many guys who get to do that, and it's considered quite the accomplishment. Oh yeah, and and that's I, I guarantee you that's what Lungfist wanted to do. He never wanted to leave New York. I mean, he wouldn't ra- he wouldn't waive his no trade clause. So now that that's off the table, he's he's going to go anywhere where he can compete. I mean, uh, I don't even know why this just popped into my head. I never even thought about it till just now. But what if he was in like a Penguins uniform as a backup or something? Uh, what if the Penguins like, like reached out, gave him a cheap deal? Man, I, the, he's going to get a lot yeah, of offers from contenders. I, I know that. I could see him trying something like that. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know that. I I don't know how he feels. Like again, it, stuff like that I think would depend on how the the breakup went, so to speak. Like if it wasn't as mutual as it may appear, mm-hmm. then he might say, you know what, I want to hang around in this division and stick it to my old team a little bit. Yeah. Um, but if not, I a team that we were talking about earlier, actually, again, I don't know how they'd be able to maneuver something because I know they have a couple of pieces there, but they definitely struggle at goaltending would be getting him out west and with the Sharks. Yeah, the Sharks. Yep. That's one team. I mean, you could look at the Caps, too, if you're going to stay in the Metro. Um, yeah. They're going to be moving yeah, on from sure. Holby, most likely. And uh, I'm drawing a blank on the backup's name, but... He had the the injury with the ATVs, I believe, over in Russia. Supposedly, it was serious. So, if he doesn't recover as fast as they're anticipating from that, you know, do you have Lundqvist be the veteran backup, a cheaper alternative than what Holpe's going to get paid? It's going to be interesting. It's going to be a headline for the offseason for sure. So, for me, I see the Mark Stahl trade. I see the cap dump. I'm like, okay, I mean – they're moving Mark Stahl. He's, he's not necessarily one of their top defensemen right now. All right. I see Lundqvist getting bought out. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I mean, we, we've kind of heard rumors about that for a while. So I guess it's finally happened. Um, and then I see this bit of news, which makes me think, oh, they just did like two big cap dump moves. And now I'm reading this. This next bit of news. Several teams have called about Jack Eichel according to Bob McKenzie. Some confirmed clubs are the New York Rangers. He's under contract until 2026 at an annual cap hip of $10 million. So, reading that, I instantly start connecting dots. I'm like, I swear, if the Rangers go after Jack Eichel and they bring him in, it's just going to be even more frustrating to play against them. <laughs> yeah, that, um, that would definitely throw a wrinkle into it. And I'm sure that some of these dumps have 
at least something to do with them reaching out and having conversations with them. Yeah. I don't know that I am at the point yet of reading into it of, okay, well, they pretty much have a deal set in place that it's got to free up the space no. for it. Yeah. But they're at least – this is them making their option and showing – a team like Buffalo or any other teams that are talking to about potential trades for players of, Hey, look, like we're clearing up the room to be able to legitimately make a run at this guy. So yeah. if you are interested, we're, we're, you know, showing our cards, so to speak of we're here, mm-hmm. we're, make a room, we're ready to make a deal. We're ready to, cause they're never a team that's going to go full rebuild. And I don't think they really have to at this point, honestly. No, um, I think their rebuild went better than they thought. Oh yeah, yeah. It went faster and than being they thought. In the big city can definitely help that. You know, you get some attractive free agents, you get the breadman coming in, and all of a sudden you're you're good to go. And the goal is coming along yeah. definitely help them, uh, as it would any. But that's really the biggest thing when you have two very talented young goaltenders. That makes everything a heck of a lot easier. Uh, and now that I've hyped up the Rangers fans, it's time for me to bring y'all back down. Um, <laughs> Bob McKenzie also did confirm that Buffalo has no interest in. Trading Eichel at this time, Eichel's agent says he's not aware of any reason to believe Eichel will not be in Buffalo for training camp this season. Um, Eichel has not voiced that he's wanted to leave Buffalo, more so that he's just not happy with you know how the previous seasons have gone there. So they're basically the indications are that Buffalo has no desire to move him. They're just not gonna not listen you know they're they'll they'll hear offers but it's it's gonna have to really be an amazing deal for them to want to move him so have to bring the rangers fans back down a little bit after bringing them on that high right there so yeah and as a gm too it will be kind of irresponsible to say you know what i'm not even gonna bother to listen to trades on specific players on your team i mean it doesn't mean that they're on the trading block or that you're looking to move them or anything but Mm. you are constantly looking to improve your roster as a gm and you've got you got to at least listen to what's being thrown out there because maybe you weren't planning on trading a guy but then somebody dials you up and says hey we'll give you this we'll give you that we'll give you this pick and that and that and all of a sudden you're looking so oh, wait a second maybe i would trade this guy um but i feel like eichel is a guy who who tends to be at the center of trade talks a lot and mm-hmm. up to this point nothing has happened so i think it's until something actually comes to fruition if it ever does it's kind of much ado about nothing and just a very talented player whose gripe is that he's on a bad team. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I don't see Eichel being moved out of Buffalo, even with the new general manager. Um, I think it's more just, you know, Bob McKenzie explained it in the tweet, too. He's like he, he didn't believe it when he was hearing the rumors at first, but he heard it enough where he had to reach out and he got the official response of no, we're not trying to trade him. The agent saying, you know, he, there's no indication he wouldn't be in Buffalo. Eichel hasn't said he wants to leave. He's just frustrated with the losing. So, which but, is understandable. Yeah, it's definitely understandable. You know, Buffalo fans, I'm sure, can easily tell us all enough. <laughs> so, Halloween is coming up. It's a great time of year. Uh, I mentioned that because the ghost is about to be on the market. Uh, Shane Gostespierre, nicknamed Ghost. Yes, we're, we're bringing out those kind of jokes tonight, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, defenseman for the Flyers is going to be available on the trade market per Pierre Lebrun. Three years left at an annual value of $4.25 million. Of course, this intrigues us because one of our biggest needs this offseason is addressing the blue line. So, Matt, what do you think? Gostaspierre. You think you'd uh, kick the tires? You think you'd really want to see him in the red and black? I would definitely be kicking the tires on him. 
Um, he's a player who I've I've liked his game for a while now over in Philly. You know, mm-hmm. he, he gets down, he blocks shots, he gets a ton of pucks on net from the blue line. He'd be a good guy for the power play. Um, I, I guess my only issue would be because it's uh, – interdivision trade you're most likely going to get that rivalry mm-hmm. tax if you are yep. trying to move them and you know you got to pay a little more than other teams would but yeah i'd hope they're at least reaching out and and uh putting some feelers out there seeing what they're looking for or if it is actually something that would be attainable for us because it, yeah. it, would, it certainly wouldn't hurt this defensive core that's for sure exactly i i think he's a guy you got to look at i think he's talented that he could serve a good role here in New Jersey if they brought him in. Um, again, the rivalry is a great point. I mean, we can go back to the Rangers Devils trade with Michael Grabner, and we were all just like, "Wait, what? What? Yeah, we, we made a trade go with them." <laughs> I was like, we, "We made a trade with them? What?" Um, similar thing for the Flyers. I, I think uh, I think there is history of some moves between the Devils and the Flyers, but they're normally not big ones, not big players. They're very small or sturdy things like that um can't rule out a three-team trade either uh you know getting a third team involved um that usually tends to make some gms mad just ask uh ottawa when they traded hoffman to san jose for san jose to flip him to florida for more um (laughs) so i I think he's definitely someone the devil's got to kick the tires on uh 4.25 million you'd probably fit that in it's only got three years left on it um yeah, I think we're both in agreement here. The devil should kick the tires on that. So, on to the next bit of news. I told you guys we got we're, we got a whole segment this time this dedicated the to the news. Like like there's a crazy amount of big news. So, uh, next up, Senators. They have confirmed Pierre Dorian, uh, or excuse me, not Pierre Dorian, the uh, GM. Uh, it is Trent Mann, the Senators' chief amateur scout, confirmed that they will be listening to offers for the number five pick. So. Ottawa has two picks, I believe, back to back. I believe they have four and five, or they have three and five. They got like two. Top, they got two picks in the top five. Yeah, um, it's the latter one that they are going to be listening to offers on for moving. You know, teams trying to move up. Um, I will say that with the Devils' current situation, they're sitting at seven with their nearest pick. <laughs> I don't. I don't think the Devils should move up. Um, unless they are absolutely 1,000% certain on a player because, you know, they're, they're going to have to pay a decent amount, even though it's two spots. They're going to have to pay a lot to move up, and this draft is already super deep. I mean, we're talking about guys going at, like, 7 through 15 that would normally go, like, top 5 in any other draft, basically. So what's your opinion, Matt? Yeah, I'm in full agreement there. Unless you are – a hundred percent over the moon about a guy and you know, mm-hmm. he's not going to make it the extra two picks. And it's definitely something too, where it's a, it's a draft day kind of trade. You're not going out and make anything beforehand, mm-hmm. but you have three first round picks as it is. Um, and like you said, it would, it, you'd be giving up a whole lot to move up two spots. So exactly. It, I, I really don't see that, uh, that being the case. And like, that's something where, you make that kind of move to jump two spots if you are, in your mind, only a couple players away from being a legitimate cup contender yeah. and you want to go get this young stud player to to add to your core to make it a potential dynasty for a five, six year span. Not when you're re- – like right now our, our more important part is having as many potential 
players and prospects added to the roster as possible. Mm-hmm. And I don't really want to be put in a position where you may have to trade multiple draft picks just to get one draft pick mm-hmm. for for a guy who's only a spot or two ahead of where you were exactly. going to be picking from anyway. Yeah. And, and we're talking about like the seven pick too. The devils obviously have later ones. It's going to be astronomically higher to even try and move one of those for the five. So oh, yeah. uh, we're, we're in, we're in agreement here. The devil should just stand pat. You know, I, you know, if they make that move, which I doubt they will, I doubt Tom Fitzgerald will. They I'd will be have to be surprised. a thousand percent sure and in love with a prospect. Which moving on to our next bit of news, it appears they actually are. Um, so Jack Quinn, draft prospect, he's a forward on the Ottawa 67s, recently said that he was interviewed by the Devils twice in recent months. Him and another Devils prospect, Graham Clark, who the Devils drafted, I believe, a year ago. I think it was last draft we took him. Um, they trained together, and they have spoken a lot about playing together and are best friends. Uh, supposedly, I think I've read somewhere Sanderson is another one where they've interviewed him a couple times as well. So we're, we're getting a little bit of insight here, Matt. We're getting a little bit of insight into what the, the Devils are thinking in terms of the draft and these prospects, uh, which I didn't expect to see. Um, Jack Quinn is, is definitely a very talented forward. Um, I think in one of our previous episodes, I mentioned that he's a guy I would love to see the Devils target in the draft to try and take. Uh, what's your opinion? Yeah, it would be interesting. Um, again, anytime you have that that type of dialogue being started and everything out there, it definitely kind of perks your ears up a little bit because you always like hearing that that from the inside and and then you get the the wheels kind of turned of okay, well maybe we can bring in some natural chemistry right away and mm-hmm. and get a little more out of this player than say if he went somewhere else or at least get him progressing along faster than you might have expected yeah so in in terms of going through the rebuild aspect and everything you know you want to kind of put yourself in a position to kick start it and be ahead of schedule and one of the easiest ways is getting chemistry between your players so if there's already that natural chemistry out there it definitely makes things interesting mm-hmm. yeah and he would just add to the prospect group as well which oh, fans yeah. fans know we you know outside of la we've continually ranked recently as the number two team in terms of prospects in the system um and that doesn't change with this next news story either so devil's prospects case mccarthy and patrick moynihan have both in, uh, been invited to the u.s national junior team evaluation camp uh the group will contain 39 players and the camp will determine the roster for team usa at the 2021 international ice hockey federation world juniors that starts december 25th in edmonton assuming that that does not get canceled or messed with in any way. Um, so more good news here, Matt. More more prospects, you know, panning out. It seems the Devils being smart with their picks. Yeah, that, again, anytime you have any of these these tournaments and these things for the minor players going on, the more names and the more representation you see, the better. And even if it is a situation where, obviously, I don't think all of these prospects are going to end up making your roster mm-hmm. but the more that they're able to be on yeah. a bigger stage the more they're able to be showcased then it may be hey you know if, if there's a guy in our system who we're looking at and say you know he doesn't really fit with us but he's got the talent other teams have seen him on the big stage seen what he can do then it makes him a little more enticing as a, a trade piece down the line somewhere mm-hmm 
Exactly. Yeah, there's there's tons of positives to that story. It's great to keep hearing these prospects are getting involved with whether it's national juniors or um, just the way they're performing in the minors or in European leagues now that we're loaning them out to kind of keep them developing. So another bit of news that came out a day of the Stanley Cup awarding um, basically that game. Uh, NHL went through 10 straight weeks with no positive COVID-19 tests, which is phenomenal. And that also ties into probably the biggest bit of news I have here. And it's, it's basically the last piece of news to wrap up this segment. Um, obviously I'm going to be real with you guys. There's no off season. Um, I know that we have free agency and the draft and, and all that in terms of an off season. Yes, that's there. But for the NHL, there's no off season right now. It is heads banging against the wall, trying to figure out, okay, what do we do for next season? Um, and that obviously the bubble system is going to be a conversation and it's in play. And supposedly there is a hybrid bubble system with four to six sites in 2020 to 2021 being discussed. And this is per TSN's Frank Cervelli. So I'll give some more details on this. At least one bubble would be an all Canadian division with cross border travel restrictions. That would be the reason for that. You know, teams between Canada and the U S unique in terms of us, baseball is probably the only other league that has to worry about that. Um, The concept would see players on a rotation two weeks in the bubble and one week at home with families before coming back. um, Because, you know, you got to keep that mind fresh. Um, It's not, it's not a hundred percent healthy to be away from your family for that long, just stuck in a bubble. And and we'll touch on that more. Um, The teams would play around 12 games a month. Uh, There's also the potential for a shortened schedule because of the NBC deal that uh, the NHL has because the NBC has to begin their coverage of the Olympics in Tokyo starting July 22nd. And then uh, last bit on this as well, before I get into some quotes, uh, the NHLPA executive Donald Fair said players certainly do not want to spend an entire season in quarantine like the playoff bubble. Nobody's going to do that for four or six months is what he said. Um and then I'll give two player quotes real quick and we'll, we'll just discuss this because it is a big deal. This is obviously pertaining to whether we're going to have a season or not, which we will, but how is it going to look? Um, so Tyler Sagan told uh, Tom Gulitti, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, this is a direct quote. He said, it was the biggest grind and the hardest time of our lives as professional athletes and also the most fun. We had so much fun. That's kind of why it's disappointing on this run. It's fun being on the stage. A lot of guys in this league or this business don't have that opportunity to feel this pressure. And we had a lot of fun with it. So it was great. But other than that, there's nothing positive you're going to take from the bubble life. It definitely stunk. And I think we're all looking forward to seeing family and friends now. And then last quote, Barkley Goudreau, I saw this on Twitter. Um, He was responding to someone saying the NHL bubble playoffs essentially are not the same as the real thing with fans in the stands, basically. Uh, He fired back with a tweet saying, you try going through what we went through, not seeing our families for months, living in a hotel for 60 plus days, 24 teams that had a chance, no home ice advantage for either team. But hey, say what you want. So, Matt, heavily loaded news bit right there. What is your overall opinion on this proposed plan? It's not not official. Um, and and if you have any alternatives or ideas, what what would you suggest? It's it's a whole lot. Um, mm-hmm. 
obviously we're we're still a couple months away at least so there's there's definitely going to be some things that change between now and then i would assume hopefully for the better but yes you never know um it, it's going to be a lot of conversations and and real conversations that are going to need to be had between the NHL and the Players Association and everything. Just because if you do go that bubble route, even if it's it modified or adjusted in some capacity, then you're you're limiting the competition that uh, the teams across the league are going to have. Mm-hmm which then you have to try and find some type of fair competitive balance out there. I know that's hard to do or hard to say because, well, everybody is an NHL team and they're all high caliber players and everything. But at the end of the day, we all know not all teams are, are equal in that regard. So there's going to be teams that are in certain bubbles that have a bit easier road than teams in others. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if anything does come up and teams that are missing games, you know, do they go like, uh, a baseball route where then it's win percentage, not win totals. And, yep. and also just if they, even if it is that where it's two weeks on one week off, or if it ends up being longer or whatever the case is, are players going to want to actually do that for an entire season? Yep. And, and then on the back end of everything too, you have to have potentially some type of alteration prepared in either way that you go again it's like i said with it being a few months out we don't know where everything's going to be um but if they start off in a bubble situation and then a couple months into the season or whatever realize hey like we're getting more freedom to to open things up and have it more expanded then do you force the rest of the bubble season there do you then try and start integrating teams do you allow travel do you allow fans how do you go about all that and then vice versa if you start off saying hey we're gonna do the regular travel and we're gonna allow some fans how do you then potentially cut away from that to a bubble situation you know so so it's all going to be very very fluid very confusing honestly for most of us yeah there's going to be a whole lot to watch in the coming months to see how things go and i think our best indicator is going to be watching how I mean, granted, the only sport that's really going to be going on for an extended period of time is football. But, yeah. you know, you have the baseball playoffs, you have basketball, which was the bubble. But football mm-hmm. being the biggest comparison of, well, they're just going for it. They're they're letting teams travel. They're doing it like a regular season. Yeah. And I think the NHL is going to be paying a very close eye on that and and viewing it as, hey, like if, if these guys are able to go out there, get a full season done, not miss any games, not have any dramatic – major setbacks mm-hmm. then they're gonna look I, I think at least they're gonna look to try and go back to something that resembles a regular season in terms of the travel in terms of the mm-hmm. home and away games um like you said then giving the players that regular feel that regular balance that time with their family that isn't limited to just okay you got your week with them so cram everything in and then it's you're gone again for a couple weeks yeah and because the other potential issue with that then is say you're on the two weeks on one week off mm-hmm. and while you were on your two weeks on your wife or one of your children or someone at your house gets sick mm-hmm. now you can't go back there so now you're in a bubble for four five six weeks without seeing your family like it, there's going to be a whole lot of talking points then, and it's going to be interesting what the players are are willing to do for a full season. Like, to me, it was more understandable doing it now because it's 
it's the playoffs. It's all or nothing. Guys want to go. They want to grind. They want to get the cup. But mm-hmm. when it comes to the length of a season, I, I think their views are going to be a little different on it. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, uh, real quick, I can't remember if I gave credit for the, the main report where I saw most of this information, but uh, Josh Goldsmith wrote about this in the uh, Toronto Star, and I saw it on the Score app. Give credit where credit is due. Phenomenal work, sir. Um, yeah, I mean, this is just one potential route. Um, this is not something where the NHL is coming up with something and then they're coming to the players. It's, it's a joint thing. Both the NHL and the NHLPA are working on this. Um, you don't have to be a professional athlete to try and understand, or I shouldn't say try and understand, to think about the fact of not being able to come home and see family and friends at the end of your work day or something like that. It's, it's, it's important to the mental health. It's, it's something that you don't think about until, you know, you have to experience it. And that's, that's a big thing with these bubble playoffs is, you know, they were competing and these were, uh, even though there were not fans in the stands might not have been the traditional Stanley cup playoff format. There was a, there was definitely a lot of pressure on these guys. And I mean, uh, Blake Coleman just had a daughter and basically didn't get to see her for the first couple months she was born, you know? Um, yeah, it's, it's a lot. Um, and you also can't really look over the fact that at, at the end of the day, the NHL is a business. They're in it for the money aspect mm-hmm. of it too. Exactly. And after everything that you've just lost out on from this season, I don't know, even from an ownership standpoint, how much they're going to be willing to just say, yeah, sure, we'll do a bubble. We'll have no fans or we'll have a very, very limited amount yeah. of fans and that's all going to go to some giant pool and it's going to be evenly distributed and you know, guys are going to want to start recouping so that the, the salary cap doesn't take another hit next year. Players love that escrow, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, I mean, honestly, when it comes to ownership, it's just a pill they're going to have to swallow. This is the world we live in. You got a TV deal coming up in a year. You're going to have people bidding on it, NBC, Fox, all these people. You're going to make more money in the future, but you're going to have to probably make less now in the meantime. Um, that's That's kind of how I see it. So... But enough bubble talk. We'll, we'll be talking about that all off season, whatever the plans are for next season. That is the news around the league. I told you there was a lot, a lot of big news pieces. <laughs> normally we're, we're pretty quick with that. Yeah, normally <laughs> normally we are pretty quick with the news, but there were a lot of big topics there, uh, a lot involving the Metro as well. So we will move into our next segment here. Uh, we got a Stanley Cup Finals recap opinions for you. Um, so. Stanley Cup finals are over. Tampa Bay has finally won the Stanley Cup after the past four years where they were probably the number one favorite, at least in the East, to win it. Um, four games to two, basically in my eyes, and Matt, Matt can give his opinions on this here in a second, but Tampa was dominant for most of the series, and Dallas was opportunistic. They took advantage of the opportunities when they had them. Um that's why we saw this get extended to six games, but the Lightning were able to close it out. I was generally, genuinely thinking that Dallas might come back, force a game seven, all this kind of crazy stuff. But um, it was a good Stanley Cup final. It was nice to see Tampa turn what happened last year into motivation and uh, just a, just a good story for everyone. You know, if you if you fail, you know. Just get back up, keep trying, you know, keep fighting. You're never out of it. Matt, what was your opinion on the Stanley Cup Finals? Yeah, very similar. Um, Through most of the games, Tampa looked like the better team. There were 
spurts here and there where Dallas would kind of try and take it to him and take some momentum and things, which is just the natural ebb and flow of the game. But mm-hmm. overall, it, it was just one of those things you could you could see at times, especially the longer the series went on. You could see once Tampa started to taste it a little bit, they were all in for oh, it. Yeah. They were going to do anything and everything possible. Mm-hmm. And it, it really seemed like they just outwilled their way to, to getting everything done. Essentially. Like you, you're watching the last game and it just – it, it almost seemed like Dallas wasn't even wasn't there for for parts of it with how much Tampa took over and just said no we're getting this thing done now we're not messing around we're mm-hmm. getting the cup yeah I think after a certain point in the third period I think I saw Dallas had nine shots for the game yeah um, about, about halfway through they were only at nine and yeah. then uh, they they pumped it on late with about 10 11 minutes to go but Tampa was up two at that point and they kind of just went with the Mm-hmm. The full out uh, lockdown defense, you know, we'll we'll block every shot, we'll clog all the Play lanes, we'll give them, yeah, give them all the pucks, and just say, you know what, just just hold the line at this point because we're up by two. So, mm-hmm. yep, two goal lead, most dangerous lead in hockey. But Tampa was able to keep the shutout for Vasilevsky, and I'm sure not getting it done the previous game when they went to overtime after having a two one lead was motivation as well. Oh, so yeah. that is your Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, I mentioned in the beginning. Victor Hedman won the Conn Smythe Trophy as the most valuable player of the playoffs. Easily a lot of other guys that could have won it. Braden Point was absolutely uh, apparent in these playoffs uh, with Steven Stamkos playing two minutes the whole playoffs and scoring a goal. Um, also Kucherov, 26 assists. Crazy there. Um, Vasilevsky with some big games as well. There was a lot of guys that were deserving on that Tampa roster, and they are going to have a fun offseason because I believe they have some, some contracts to sign and got to figure out how they're going to work their cap. I believe the only defensemen they have under contract for next season are Victor Hedman, Ryan McDonough, and Braden Coburn. I think Chernak and Sergachev are both RFAs. So maybe one gets moved. Maybe other players get moved so they can re-sign him. Tampa's going to have an interesting offseason, but nonetheless. Moving on, we are going to discuss uh, briefly the NHL awards that were announced. Um, give our opinions on it, you know. Um in terms of awards, the heart went to Dreisaitl in Edmonton. Uh, the Calder went to Kale McCarr. The Vezina to Hellebuck up in Winnipeg. And the Norris to Roman Yossi. Quick note here of importance for Devils fans on the Calder trophy. Blackwood did receive a second-place Calder vote. So he was in the discussion in whatever form or size you want to view it as. He was there. Um, what is your opinion, Matt, on some of these awards? Again, Hart went to Dreisaitl, Calder to Makar. That was probably the biggest one that people were talking about, Makar versus Hughes. Vezina going to Hellebuck, which I don't think many people are too surprised by. And then the Norse going to Roman Yossi. Yeah, not too much. Uh, that's really all that surprising there. He said, again, the biggest conversation, I think, out of all of those would have been the Makar versus Hughes. Mm-hmm. I was leaning Makar in that. It, it's it's very easy to yeah. make the argument for Hughes. So ultimately, I, I don't think you could have really gone wrong either way. Yeah. Um, but Makar, to me, just had the better body of work. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, couldn't have been wrong either way. And, and most of the other ones all made sense. Like Drysaddle had an absolutely ridiculous year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I know the, the knack is going to be McDavid and everything out there. But all you got to do is watch the guy play. And it, it was... It was something to see, really. Like it, it, it seemed different than any of his other seasons. Yeah. 
And McDavid, I believe, was still hurt for portions of this season. I don't think it was to a major extent with like what happened at the end of last season, but he, there were bits and pieces where he missed some time. Um, I mean the McCarr Calder win that that's probably the closest you could ever get in terms of talent for that trophy, because they don't consider the playoffs for these trophies. They're, they're based off the regular season, but man, watching Quinn Hughes basically carry the Canucks in the, uh, the playoffs, I was impressed. Um, these oh, yeah. two are definitely going to see a lot of each other out there in the West. Um, it's like, uh, I mean, it's a crazy comparison, but these guys were literally getting compared all season and, and you know, throughout the playoffs, almost like Crosby and Malkin get compared. Or, yeah. excuse me, uh, Crosby and Ovechkin. You know, the, the, the two competing against each other. So I think it's going to be fun to watch. Um that Vancouver has a stud defenseman in Quinn Hughes. Colorado has a stud defenseman in Kale McCarr. I think the futures look bright for both of those organizations. And uh, congrats to Blackwood getting at least a second place Calder vote because uh, we we uh, we believed he should have been in the conversation, not necessarily that he was going to win, but like maybe a sleeper pick in that kind of situation. So. Yeah, definitely deserving of at least being mentioned in the same breath, um, especially given the position and everything as well. I mean, yeah. I understand that the defensive position is one of the hardest to come in and play right away as a rookie, and generally it takes a little longer to get groomed into that. But you could pretty much say the same about goaltending, and especially when you look at the team that was fielded in front of him and what he was able to do out there. And, you know, it was nice seeing at least his, his name got mentioned in the conversation. Yeah, exactly. So I don't have any rebuttal against any of the awards. I, I think uh, they, they pretty much hit the nail on the head with most of these guys. So moving on, we'll discuss some uh, some more free agent news. Um, not necessarily news, but opinions. Um Obviously, you know that at the uh, blog, we've written some free agent profiles, and we've also created a top 20 UFA list. Um, we're going to go through real quick just the names on some of those pri- – uh, excuse me, go through some of the names on those profiles, give a yay or nay, kind of our uh, – uh, excuse me, I cannot talk right now. Oh. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> we are going to give our opinions on these players, you know, real quick. Do we think they are fit? Should the Devils go after them? You know, if you want to mention what what your price range is, whatever. Um, but we'll start off with the forwards, some of them that we've written. Um, first guy up, Evgeny Dadinoff. Uh, I could see the Devils pursuing him. Um, I think he would be a fit. Uh, it just, again, it comes down to price. He was very talented in Florida and I think other teams are going to notice that too. And it's going to drive up the price. So that's, that's basically my two cents on dad and off. What do you think, Matt? I am all in on looking into him and looking into him pretty heavily, mm-hmm. but I do see it being a case where, especially towards the end of the year and everything, you know, his name was coming up a lot more. Yeah, all the teams have seen his production, and our only potential saving grace is because there are a lot of cap strap teams. You may not have as many people bidding on these players as they normally would. That is true, or at least at least not getting into crazy bidding wars. That is true. So you might you might be able to strong arm other GMs out of it at a, a cheaper rate than you normally would. Um, but I don't know. Just based on need and everything, that that you would go all in and and strong army radio forward when there are some nice defensemen out there that I would like to see them really pursue. 
Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility. We see some of these free agents take one year deals, hoping oh, that the situation improves next year for the cap. Exactly. So, even though the cap's not going to go up, you know, for a couple of years, the NHL's pretty much already confirmed that. But obviously, some or I shouldn't say some, a lot of teams have an internal cap of their own that they're following. So, don't be surprised to see some guys maybe bet on themselves again with like a one year deal, hoping to cash out the next season. Um, next forward, Mike Hoffman. Uh, we got another profile about him. By the way, check all these out. They're they're on our site. Uh, we're doing a lot of coverage leading up to free agency and the draft. Um, for me, Mike Hoffman, great goal scorer. Um, some slight concerns about his past with the locker room situation in uh, Ottawa and stuff like that. I haven't really heard anything too much like that coming out of Florida. It's something you look into with any player. It's not just a thing with Hoffman. Anyone you go after, you're gonna you're gonna try and figure out okay, how do they fit in the dressing room? Is this a guy I want in our dressing room? Um, I think the Devils should do their due diligence. Um, he's another guy who would fit the the top six role that uh, the Devils need. Um, just like that, enough. You got to kick the tires on it at least. I think, right, Matt? Yeah, you're definitely looking into him. Um, the issue I think that may come into play when you're looking at Hoffman is I think he's going to end up being one of the more expensive free agents out there, even with guys that are cap strapped and everything. God, teams mm-hmm. are going to more than likely be all yeah. over him. Um, yep. Sid, you may have some that get scared off by the supposed locker room issues, but it's also one of those where because it was in Ottawa, how much of it, yeah. you know, how, how much weight does well. that actually carry? Mm-hmm. especially since, like you said, once he got out of there, you didn't hear any of these issues or anything. And you've seen big-name guys move on from Ottawa and not have any issues anywhere else. So it may just get chalked up to that. You know, it's just an issue within the Ottawa organization, not the player. So mm-hmm. it, yeah, but I, I, it could be that. Yeah, I, I think he's going to be a guy who's heavily targeted by a lot of people. The Devils 100% need to be in conversations with him. He's... Uh, an incredible goal scorer. He's got great finish in and around the net, um, which is something that we need because we are a team filled with players who are, are great playmakers. Yeah, they're, they're great playmakers. They can carry, they can set you up. But when you have a whole bunch of guys who are great at setting up and not a lot of people to set up, it doesn't really go that well at times. So adding a, guy like Hoffman, adding a guy like Hoffman would be nice, but I think it'll end up getting a little too rich for, for our blood. That is true. Um, I'm sure Mike Hoffman and Taylor Hall will be the top two forward free agents. One may set the contract for the other, depending on who signs first. Um, yeah, I mean, every team's going to be kicking the tires on Hoffman. Um, next up, we got Mikhail Granlund. Uh, he is a forward uh, out of Nashville. Um, I was a fan of him since he was with the Wild. I would absolutely love for the Devils to see what they can do. I would be happy if they brought him in. I think he's a guy who can really contribute. He's playing under Hines right now, um, and we all know how that's kind of going. We, we watched the, the bubble. Um, but even under Hines, Granlin was performing well. So who knows? I like I said, I've been a fan of him since he was in Minnesota. I thought he was a great player up there. Um, thought he'd do well in Nashville, and it, it it was kind of a slow start for him, I believe. But he he started to turn around. Um, I'd still I'd still be willing for the Devils to go after him. What do you think? 
Yeah, again, I'd, I'd definitely be fine with him. Um, in the same regard, I was a big fan of his out in Minnesota watching his game and everything. Mm-hmm. I could see him as a guy who would fit pretty well with a coach like Lindy Ruff as well. Yes, um, offensive so that's something that Yeah, that's something to definitely take into consideration. And I may very well be wrong on this, but I feel like he's a guy you can get at a little bit of a – a discount, so to speak, or you could, you yeah. know, especially especially if you go and you sign him early on in the free agency process, mm-hmm. when everyone's going crazy over Taylor Hall, Hoffman, these high high end guys. Yep, you you can sneak some of these guys who are one or two steps below, but they're kind of the fallback for these other teams. But if you take him away early on and you hit him real quick and say, hey, look, we are seriously interested in you. We're not coming to you because we missed out on Hall or because we missed out on Dadanov or this guy or that guy. We're coming to you because we want you first. Yes. That's going to go a long way in getting a player like that to, to sign with your team. Yeah, and I mean, there's going to be a lot of um, – it's going to be a real frenzy this year. Oh, which- yeah. I touched upon in a previous episode. I am so glad and thankful the NHL came to their senses and got rid of this legal tampering thing they've been doing the past couple of years where basically yeah, teams just, just negotiate these contracts ahead of time. And then when free agency comes, it's like, okay, well, you already know who's going to sign where because it's already been reported. They just can't sign the deal until whatever day. So it's going to be a real frenzy. You're going to see teams going after guys and, you know, it's going to be like, okay, well, who, who should I go after? Like if I'm on the phone with this guy, that's going to keep me from being able to talk to this guy. So it's going to be an interesting frenzy. Um, definitely a good thing to, to talk about there. You know, try and uh, talk to Granlin while other teams are trying to cash in on Hoffman and, and Hall and stuff like that. So uh, up next, we got Craig Smith, another forward. Um, I know I'm I'm kind of impartial on it. I'm not uh, – I'd, I'd be okay with him coming in. I'm okay if the Devils pass on him too. I know James is very high on Craig Smith, um, or excuse me, yeah, Craig Smith. James is very high on him. Um, James likes the analytics. I'm sure you guys remember uh, James has more of the analytical background, and I usually defer to him when we talk about those kind of topics. Um, so James is, is absolutely, this is like one of his top guys uh, for free agency, and uh, he, he'll correct me, I guarantee, on the next episode if I'm wrong. <laughs> but what what is your opinion, Matt, on Craig Smith? I'm fine with it. Um, it's not... He's not really someone I am over the moon about to the extent that, like you said, it sounds like James is. And I'll back up. He's definitely been all aboard the Craig Smith train mm-hmm. in terms of bringing him in. Yes. Um, that that may also do – I know it's all the fancy charts and stuff as well, and I don't have as much knowledge on that offhand as James does, so I won't even pretend yeah. to throw any of those analytical numbers out at you guys. Um but I would imagine one of the other things is, again, he's one of those guys who you can bring in most likely on a cheaper deal. Mm-hmm. And he definitely isn't going to be someone that is going to be heavily sought after in the beginning of the free agent frenzy, at least. Yes. So, again, you can go and it, it depends on route you want to take. But given our roster layout and everything, I could see us going at more of a – hey, you know, let's go get two, three, four guys right away Mm -hmm. instead of going all in on one big fish and then potentially miss out. And then by the time you miss out, some of these other pieces that you may have liked are gone already. You know, you need to start you need to start building a little more depth, getting stronger up and down the roster and not just have one or two good lines. That's been our issue for 
quite a while now. So bringing in some of these guys like a Granlin, like a Smith, that can add to the middle of your roster would definitely bolster things. And they're not going to cost you all that much. Yeah. And, and I mean, we're, we're definitely at a, a little bit of an awkward time, I guess, in terms of trying to figure out what your needs are as a roster, because there are a lot of prospects the Devils have that this is about the time period for them to take that next step and maybe earn a spot on the third line or the fourth line to get their NHL taste and continue developing at the NHL level, just not being exposed to it a super amount in terms of minutes um, so they can hopefully develop into maybe a top six forward, stuff like that. You know, I think a Boakvist, I'm sure he'll be in the bottom six this year, even though we fully anticipate him developing into a top six guy. Um, that That's kind of the situation the Devils are in as well. I think that it's smart to sign these guys just as a, you know, insurance basically in case those guys do need a little more time, a little more seasoning in the, in the minors. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm kind of impartial on Craig Smith. So uh, on to our final forward that we have written a profile for. Uh, it is a young journeyman, I believe. We, we, we might be able to call him that. Uh, Sir Alex Galchenyuk uh, had some stints with many different teams, Montreal, Arizona, Pittsburgh. Um, he, I think he got moved again from Pittsburgh. I can't remember if that I happened. I did, yeah. I can't remember who it went to. But he's basically on his fourth or fifth team this coming offseason, whoever he signs with, if he's not back with one of those previous teams. Uh, for me, I, I'm i all in on him as a, a buy-low candidate. I think this is a perfect guy. You can get a, a small contract, you know, in both in terms of term and dollar value. Um if you can buy low on this guy, I, I still think it's worth giving him a shot. He was a top, considered a top prospect. Um, just hasn't really panned out for him anywhere he's played. Who knows? Maybe you sign him to a cheap deal in Jersey, and he becomes what he becomes what everyone was expecting him to be. Uh, what's your opinion, Matt? Uh, I'm a bit more indifferent on him probably than anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a couple years, a couple years back, I was very high on him. Um, before he started getting moved around and everything like when the first rumors of Montreal looking to move him were out there, I was all, all aboard going, yeah, all, all for going and getting him and taking the Choo-choo. chance because, because he was still so young and in development and you can blame it on the organization. And so maybe he gets a change of scenery and he breaks out and this and that. And yeah, it's, it's getting closer and closer to the point of, well, he's, he's now been in a handful of different situations. He's shown flashes at times nothing overly consistent so it's just one of those where it's a little dicey feeling like you're taking Mm -hmm. on a reclamation project exactly especially with where we are as a team Mm -hmm. like if our roster and our development everything was further along than we are right now i think i'd be more for it but considering we have as you were just saying, a lot of these young guys now who are kind of on the precipice of, okay, well, you're now hitting that point where it's it's put up or shut up, so to speak. Yeah. If you are going to pan out and you are going to be making it up here in the majors and everything. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that I would want to bring in a guy like a Galchenyuk who, again, is going to have to be a full-on prove-it. And have him take away a spot from a guy who's already been in our system and has kind of fought their way to get that shot. And now they lose it on a guy who's a reclamation project in his own right. Yeah. I mean, I agree with all those points. And uh, some of those points are are the exact reason I'd be 
okay with bringing him in on like a, a cheap like prove it kind of deal you know like he, he's gonna be real with himself too you know with where he is right now um maybe you can get him to do a two-year or not a two a two-way deal um obviously if he's performing yeah, you you're not gonna put to, him through waivers opinion. yeah you're not gonna put him through waivers if he's performing you're gonna look to try and move him get some assets if he's not you move him down and you know maybe he figures it out down there or you got him on a cheap low-term deal you know it's not a huge issue for so long if he's vastly underperforming so i think i think he's he's someone the devils could easily go after if it's a buy low situation if it's you know if it's getting too high in the dollars you know i'm i'm not about that i think he's a buy low kind of guy yeah and i, I don't see him being a guy who who gets the price driven up really unless things go absolutely haywire and everybody's gone immediately mm-hmm. um but yeah, ultimately he's the guy where if I, like I'm not going to be upset if they bring him in because there is still that little silver lining glimmer of hope of well he was an incredibly high draft pick he came out with boatloads of talent and potential and I believe correct me if I'm wrong which I very well might be but I feel like in his draft year there were even talks of him on like a Sidney Crosby type of comparison. Like, I, 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 think I think there were. I mean they made I crazy like comparisons he was, he every was year. Typed up that much. So that's why originally I was like, oh, I'm all for Let's go get him. Let's go see what he does. Yeah. Because he's got a bit of size to him too, which is nice. Um, so if we brought him in, I'm, it, it's not going to be the worst thing, but I'm perfectly okay if they, they go another route. Exactly. Yeah. I, I agree with you there. So we're going to move on to some defensemen now that we got some profiles on. Um, and we'll start with the big fish, uh, Mr. Alex Petrangelo, which it very – very much appears St. Louis is letting him go. They're going to let him go to UFA. Uh, can't really reach an agreement with each other on term and dollar. Um, obviously, any team would love to have an Alex Petrangelo on their squad. Um, but for the Devils, I don't think it really makes sense in terms of what you're going to be paying him. Uh, the fact that he, a guy like that you bring in when you're already a contender. You know, he's like your final piece. The Devils would need more than Petrangelo to be in in, in the conversation. The, the whole decor needs to be evaluated and looked at. And there's uh, James and I have discussed this on other episodes you guys have listened to. There's a lot of value in defensemen this offseason. That is where the strength of free agency is this year. There are a ton of defensemen that are viable options that you could pay a good contract to cheaper than Petrangelo that can help you out. Uh, what's your opinion, Matt? I would be all for bringing in Petrangelo. Um, and I am also very much in favor of them making a, a pretty handy push at him. Mm-hmm. Just just in terms of what he would bring to the locker room, I how agree. much how much I think he would be able to to boost that defensive core right away just by then allowing guys who are playing a bit too high to play their appropriate minutes. Yeah. So you're getting more out of them because they're not being overworked. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, it's there's so many names out there. He's going to for sure be the big fish. Yeah. The only way I see it happening, I think, and if you are the Devils and you are considering it, my plan of attack at least – would be just go for the immediate kind of, I don't want to say overpay because I don't want them overpaying for him. Yeah. But be one of the first teams there reaching out and hit him with a very, very solid offer. 
of just, hey, like this is what we're willing to lay out. This is what we're going to be giving you. And again, just just try and play the game of we're going to get there first. We're gonna we're gonna try and sweep him off his feet, so to speak. Um, we have the insight with uh, Blues legend Marty Bardor from the organization, so we can throw that out there as <laughs> I well. I see what you did there. <laughs> um, but no, like, like I said, I'd be all for bringing him in, and I think really the only way to do it would be something like that. You know, you go really aggressive so you can potentially get him in before there is some kind of bidding war. Yeah. And you can get him still at an expensive rate, but at a cheaper rate than if you were to go in soft or go in and play the the nickel and dime. I think if you went all in for him, he might take a little less than what he would get if he was in a full-blown bidding war. Granted, he would have to be a little silly to do that because I'm sure he's going to free agency knowing him would have all these teams swarming to me. But if you're trying to get him, I think that's really the devil's only shot. Otherwise, they're going to overpay and miss out on some of these other guys for sure. Yeah. I mean, he's he's 30. He has earned the right to make bank, back oh, up the Brinks trucks, get the term. By all means, that is his right. He has earned it. Uh, he has played and, and sweat for it. Um I don't like I said. I think the Devils have too many needs to go after Petrangelo as just one guy. Um, I, I I I mean, like I said, any team, any team will absolutely take an Alex Petrangelo. That is not the discussion here at yeah, all. Yeah, you're not going to go wrong bringing yeah, him in. Any team is gonna is gonna take him. It's just you gotta you gotta you know hold yourself to what your organization looks like and what you really, really, really need. Like, yes, I would, I would love a, a Corvette, but I, you know, for right now I can't, I can't, you know, that kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, And in that regard, it's, it's kind of the same as what we were saying with some of these forwards. It's, you know, do you go all in on one big fish or do you get, three or four of the medium sized fish. Exactly. You know, and, and for our team, especially on defense, the more the merrier. So exactly. Yeah. As beneficial and as, as great as it would be to have him in there. I think that would then kind of, and, and the other issue here, which I'm sure a lot of fans are going to look at it this way there. I even had seen it as that as a potential at times and something I really don't want to see happen, which I don't think will, but it's, it's always a fear is when you are a team in the position that we're in where, you know, you need a lot, you have a whole lot of holes to fill. There's a lot of good names out there in free agency and you have a whole lot of money to work with that. It's just, okay, let's go from having all of this cap space to no cap space because we're going to sign everybody in free agency and just fix it that way. Yeah. And I really don't think that's the way to go in any sport, let alone hockey. Um, Granted, it isn't necessarily a good thing that you have a bunch of cap space because that means you drafted poorly and you did something wrong because you didn't pay your own guys. Mm-hmm. But you, generally speaking, there's ultimately some type of reasoning as to why these guys did reach the free the the free agent market. Yeah. You know, if they were absolutely incredible and untouchable for their individual teams, they would never hit the market. So you always got to kind of keep that perspective into things and not go too haywire by the names. And you got to look big picture, too, because, again, like you said, as much as I love Petrangelo, he's going to be coming in on a big deal and probably a long deal. So, sure, he's going to be great in the beginning, but you're also overpaying him for the declining years down the road, which, like you said, unless you're ready to win right now and you're buying him for the next two to three year window, then sure, you're fine. 
Yeah. But if you don't think your window starts for two or three years, it really may not be the smartest decision. Yeah, and I mean the one thing that you'll pay for with him that'll never go away as long as you have him is the veteran leadership. So Oh yeah. Yeah, that'll always be there. But we'll we'll run through uh I'll just mention the rest of the defensemen that we have profiles up for because they're honestly in the same category. These are the guys that, you know, we were kind of describing as uh, part of what's making the defensive free agent group so strong. And a lot of guys you can get for a good deal um, includes guys, Tyson Berry, TJ Brody, Sammy Votnin, if we wanted to bring Vots back, uh, Justin Schultz, Brendan Dillon, Radko Gudis, that's James's boy. He's he's big on Gudis as well as Craig Smith. Um, and then there's also Derek Forbert. Um, we've written profiles on all these guys. Check them out on on our site. Um, I, there's there's a couple guys. I think there's there's another guy I'm particularly you know keep an eye on um, that's not on this list yet, but. Out of those defensemen, Matt, are there any you would prefer? Tyson Berry, TJ Brody, Sammy Votnin, Justin Schultz, Brendan Dillon, Radko Gudis, or Derek Forbert? Well, I'm going to join the James bandwagon and be all over Gudis. I love the way that he plays. Mm -hmm. I love what he would bring to this team and add a little bit of an edge that we haven't had for far, far too long. He knows the division very well, obviously. Yep. I I don't think he's going to be a guy who you have to worry about overpaying for or anything. Mm-hmm. So obviously that's a huge plus. And again, he just brings that, that bit of grit and sandpaper. And to top it all off, the ironic thing is when you hear Gudis and everything, you think, oh, he's a goon, he's in the box, he's this, he's that. Yeah. This is something when James is back, I'm sure, and I know he's talked about it in the past as well. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure he'll talk about it moving forward. If you look at his actual numbers, he's actually a good defenseman too. Yeah. And that's something that kind of gets lost in the shuffle of some of his extracurriculars and everything else that he does. You forget that hey, he's he's good at the position too. Yeah. So a lot of I forget that. Yeah, I, I would definitely be fine bringing him in. And again, he's not a guy who I think is going to cost you an arm and a leg or anything to get. Um, and then I would also be in favor of um, Tyson Barry gotcha. from from that list. Mm-hmm. And I think too, if you could bring both of those guys in, I think they they counter each other very well, mm-hmm. and they add a good amount of depth, like in the different areas that you're looking for. Barry yeah, should is, help out the power play. Exactly, yeah, Barry's great on the power play. He's a good puck mover, great skater. Um, he has his question marks on the defensive end at times, but again, that's something that's going to happen. But if you bring in a guy like Gudis, then you, you know, you can kind of play that offensive defenseman with a defensive defenseman, so they're they're kind of balancing each other out and things in that regard. Um, and I think he just fits in with the the skill style game that our roster is looking to go with moving forward. Yeah, I agree, and. All the guys from this list would help the Devils in one way or oh, yeah. another. Um, there's, there's no really, there's no really picking a a bad player from this list. Um, I, I could see Tyson Berry being helpful. Um, Radko Gudis, he he absolutely is a great defenseman. You know, my biggest argument has always been if he can just limit the amount of times he goes to the box. I don't mind playing with sandpaper, but you know, it, when it happens at the worst time, that's that's when you really you know, you start having those, Oh my goodness. Um, 
for me, I I know TJ Brody is a name that James and I have kicked around. He's in, he's a fan of TJ Brody as well in terms of the analytics. Uh, I agree he'd be another defenseman to possibly bring in. You could try talking to Votnin, see if you get him back. That would just add even more uh, laughter for Devils fans to the uh, trade. Um, and then... You know, I, I, I don't disagree with Gudis or Barry either. I wouldn't be upset to see them brought in. Brennan Dillon, uh, we've seen him play in the division this year. We also saw him out in San Jose previously before that. So I don't think there's really any of these guys that we've mentioned that the Devils shouldn't kick the tires on and that we'd be unhappy seeing on this team. Oh, yeah. So, and then uh, we only have one free agent profile on a goaltender. I believe we are working on some more coming out, but it is Braden Holtby. Uh, I am going to say that I don't believe the Devils should go after him. I don't think uh, there's a need for it in terms of what the Devils are looking for, and he's looking to get paid to be a starter somewhere, most likely. I just don't see a fit. I don't see why the Devils should even try kicking the tires. Um, Matt, what do you think? absolutely not there, <laughs> there, there is zero reason that you even bother taking the time to talk to him and I know just before I said you have to GM you need to be smart you need to talk to everybody <laughs> he is not a guy you need to even worry about talking with at this point it just doesn't make any sense you're gonna pay an arm and a leg to bring him in mm-hmm. I don't think he's gonna want to come in and be a backup yeah, no, I think he's the first starting game. If he game. does leave, I would be incredibly blown away. And to be perfectly frank, he started getting kind of shaky. You know, he, he was losing his job as it was in Washington. Yeah. So why he's are you going to bring him in here? To, yeah, why, why would you bring him in here to create controversy? So for the Devils fans, the Devils organization, everybody out there, mm-hmm. stay as far away as possible from this man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Let someone uh, else deal with it. There's definitely been some some moments watching him, including this season, where uh, you know he looked all right, but there were also a lot of moments where you're just like, oh my goodness. Um, I'm sure he'll get his, he'll get paid somewhere, um, Buffalo, Ottawa, um, maybe one of those two places. Uh, maybe, hopefully for him, it's just a change of scenery thing. Maybe he gets back to being a phenomenal goaltender, uh, and it's just he needed to get out of Washington. I doubt. That would be the case because, you know, very talented roster, won a cup there. But who knows? We've seen stranger things happen. Um, that's basically or our the Islanders profiles. overpaying. Yeah, or, or the Islanders. You know, they already got all them off. The old coach, get, him in, trots, the, get yep. him in the system. Mm-hmm. Lou loves to overplay, play, overpay players. So <laughs> you never know. Yeah. Don't it, be surprised. There, there's a, it's going to be an interesting offseason. For sure, with all the free agency, the draft, the trade, these internal caps besides just the salary cap not going up. It's going to be a crazy offseason in terms of player movement and management. So so moving on to our final segment here, um, you guys got to hear one of our previous episodes. James and I, our opinions on how the Devils should handle their offseason between the free agency, the draft, the trades, you know, whatever avenue there is. Um, we are now going to put Matt on the hot seat and have him do the same exact thing. Um, well, I, I will recap kind of what James and I agreed upon last time when we did this, which was the devil's needs. And if Matt thinks of any others, he, he can certainly add them in. But James and I kind of agreed that there's a need for a top six uh, winger, preferably on the left side. Uh, there's also a need for a top four defenseman, again, preferably on the left side. Um, 
Matt, the, the, the floor is yours. You are now armchair GM, NHL GM, prepare to be roasted. No pressure. <laughs> there you go. Um, well, well, to start off, I definitely agree. Um, we need some some top forward, pros- uh, not even prospect, just, just top four mm-hmm. forward wingers to be able to play out there with. Especially, you know, give a guy to compliment Hughes, give a guy to compliment Nico. Yeah, um, you, you still got some holes to replace. Defense definitely is a need. Defensively, again, most of the guys we talked on already, but yep. and and this is something that I think gets mixed up a lot in terms of when the regular fans are looking at things versus looking big picture. The, in in terms of the NHL, at least it's a much different sport in that. You don't just consistently say, well, we need this position, so let's go out and draft a guy, especially in a year like mm-hmm. this when we have three high first-round draft picks. That yeah. doesn't mean that because we need defensive help that you go and draft three defensemen in the first round because you're not going to see him for a while. And exactly. we have a good amount of defensemen still in the system as it is. Mm-hmm. So you're just creating a, an even bigger logjam that really doesn't make much sense. Now, I'm not saying don't draft any defensemen in this draft because that's silly as well, but I'd like to see them use those early picks on some forwards. If they do end up making a move, I'd be kind of surprised. Yeah. Um, but defensively, definitely address it through free agency. Get some guys in who can play right away. Mm-hmm. who are already accustomed to the league. You know what you're going to get. Because that's the biggest thing, too. We have so many question marks on this roster as it is. Yep. The last thing you want to do is add more youth, more unproven players, mm-hmm. and just more more question marks and prolong the rebuild. I mean, yep. I, I know you can't jump and you can't rush things and say, well, now let's force it and let's, let's be good all of a sudden and let's be a cup contender next year. Mm-hmm. Because realistically, that's just that's not going to play. But yeah. You gotta now start to to allow these prospects to really grow and flourish, especially on the front end. You need to take some of the pressure off of them on the back end. So yeah. instead, again, bringing in a guy like Gudis, bringing in TJ Brody, who I know you guys are both high on, and I'd be perfectly fine with yeah. Jason Barry. You know, you, you get two or three of those guys, uh-huh. all of a sudden your defensive core looks a lot better. And even like you said, talk to Vatnin again. Yep. I don't really think that works that well when you bring a guy back, but you never know. Stranger things. Um, and then you go when you draft some of the talented young forwards with your early picks, or if you want to move back and get more, or mm-hmm. package a couple of them to move up and get a, a, another big stud like that. But I really think that's the way you got to address it. You address the forward positions through the draft, and again, you're hoping some of your your guys who are kind of on the bubble right now end up performing and taking that next step. And even some of the guys who we have playing currently have have room to grow you know you want to see more progression out of brat you want to see more progression out of nico obviously you want to see much more progression out of hughes and i think it's going to be coming mostly from Hughes. i mean obviously all of them are going to progress but i think you're lined up to see a good jump from hughes next year yeah i think he's doing a lot of work in the offseason yeah and, and, and i think it's just one of those things where the way that this season went not even in terms of the way it ended, but just in general, mm-hmm. uh, there was there was a lot of hype around him. Obviously, yeah. The just the the aspect and the the trajectory that our season took from day one, 
when you have that crazy game, that crazy win that becomes a loss. Yep. And the Schneider and the, you know, everything just kind of toppled before it had a chance to gain any kind of traction. We went from winning the Stanley Cup to here we go again in about 60 minutes. Exactly, exactly. There's a glass case of emotions to referencing movie. And then you add in the coaching issues and changes and him getting moved all around and everything. You know, there was never any chance for him to settle in. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, it was his first year in the NHL. So it's a whole lot to take in. I I think he's going to take that sophomore jump next year. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to kind of surprise some people. Not that it would be that surprising seeing the number one overall pick go out and have a great season. Yeah. But I think you have a lot of good things to expect from him. Yeah. Um, I and agree. Like I going to continue to progress. You go, you add some of those big time defenders, you go get some good draft picks. Um, I personally, with the early pick at least, I'd be fine with a guy like Alexander Holtz. Mm-hmm. Just, yep, just we discussed him. Yeah, bring in that that high powered scoring and everything. I, I I think he would work great out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of the other talk is around Perfetti as well. Yep, and he'd be interesting to me. I I feel like he is a lot of what we have already in yeah. terms of his in terms of his playing style, and you know, so I I think that's why I lean Holtz a little more than Perfetti if it came down to those two. Mm-hmm. Um. And yeah, that'll pretty much be it. Yeah. So I think the, the, the trickiest part of trying to analyze what you're going to do if you were the general manager of the Devils this offseason is the uh, the topic that Matt touched upon pretty early on is that not only are you trying to fill holes in the roster, but you have a lot of prospects who are either entering that period of it's time for them to start to show if, if it's the real deal or they're already in that. And you're on top of deciding, should I bring someone in from the outside? You're also asking, okay, okay, is this guy ready? Like, do, do we need to address this? And that's a, it's, it's a good problem to have. Um, as we've experienced when we didn't have this problem, we had a different problem of just a completely barren prospect system, but that's, yeah. that's what makes this such a tricky off season to try and navigate of what the devils will do. And of course there's i I'm pretty sure there's an internal cat Fitzgerald's going to have to work with. Um, I have the utmost faith in Fitzgerald. I have been saying since day one that he needed to be kept as the general manager, uh, Basically, after the trade deadline was done, I'm like, this this guy needs to stay. The moves he made were all just A-plus in my book, even though it was sad to see Coleman go. What he got back in that deal, what he got back in the Votnin deal, he got some stuff from Buffalo for Simmons. Uh, it, he, he did a great job, and uh, I, he, I know he's highly touted around the league as well. I, I think I mentioned, uh, at least in our writing group, that uh, if he were to become available, he would not be available. He long. would not last. Yeah, there, there would be an organization that would hire him in some capacity. Maybe even he would have gotten the job in Arizona. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I, I have the utmost faith in Fitzgerald. Um, that's gonna actually, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's going to wrap it up for us on this episode. It's a it's a bit of a lengthy one, um, a lot of stuff to go over. Um, we are very thankful that Matt was able to join us on this one. Uh, thank you, Matt, for coming on. As always, we've had you on a couple times before, and we will always love to have you on again. Always a pleasure. Great talking with you guys. I know James isn't here, but I'll give a kudo shout-out to him as well. Absolutely. I'm sure the fans will be ready to have his voice back next week. 
Yes. Yes. See, the, the James James will be back for our next episode. Uh, he just could not make it to this one. Uh, you're also probably going to have a double whammy when it comes to the episodes because this one's going to be coming out tomorrow, which will be October 1st. And then we do have uh, a little bit of a sneak preview into our next episode as well, which will most likely be coming out uh, on Monday. Um, we're going to be having Alex uh, Chauvency joining us from the hockey writers uh and we're going to be doing a little bit of draft talk and some uh, some some draft talk and some draft preview for everyone not just relating to the devils but the draft in general uh alex is very well knowledge on that and he's written a lot about it for the hockey writers and we're looking forward to going back and forth talking about that with him and picking his brain on what he thinks so Stay tuned to that. That is coming Can't up. Can't miss episode. That's for no, sure. No, absolutely not. Alex that is very man knows talented. What he's talking about. Yes, Alex is very talented. We know him very well. Um, Matt, you got anything else to say before we sign off here? That's about it. Happy off season, and uh, next year will be right around the corner. Time to go get the cup. Let's go, Devils, baby. Stay safe. Take care of yourselves. We will put another episode out for you to hear from us soon. 